Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Hey, if you're new to church or it's your first time with us, um, my name's Jordan with my wife Bianca and I. We get to run our kids, youth and young adults ministries and we just became parents and um, our little son, our little son Micah had his first time in church, the Sunday just gone, so naturally this Sunday he's on car park, so we'll get him here nice and early. And uh, we'll get him out there. But hey, I'm, I'm going to try and do part two of last week's message. Last week, we spent Friday night talking about repentance. And I did a sinner's guide to repentance, part one of 34. Tonight, we're going to do a fraction of part two. And uh, don't stress if you missed last week, because hopefully tonight's message is a bit like a, a Marvel movie. There's references to the previous one where you lean over to your friend and go, oh, oh, that's good. That was in the last one. But quick recap, we're just going to kind of explore some stuff, and, and I really believe God's going to speak to you tonight. Hey, whether you've been in church many times before, or it's your first time, I'm believing for you to really receive something great from God tonight. Well, hey, repentance is a big word, and it is powerful, and we see in the New Testament, as soon as we get cracking, John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, begins to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Then Jesus begins his ministry and Jesus begins to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus later in the New Testament says that he did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Repentance means to change your thinking, to turn from your ways of doing things, to turn from your sin, how you think you should live your life and turning to Jesus and Jesus's way. Repentance is a transformative change of heart, a transformative change of thinking, and a transformative change in behavior. Repentance is not a one-time thing, but is a regular privilege. It is a gift and a blessing from a loving God, repenting, turning from our sin and turning to Jesus. At our first repenting, the first time you ever repent, and you realize, I have been living my way. I have been living in sin. And you repent. You say, God, I am sorry. Would you show me a better way? That is when we receive salvation. We put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone as the way that we can make things right with God. But I don't know about you, for those that are in here that are a Christian. But the first time you repented, we didn't suddenly become perfect, did we? At the moment of repentance, I, I, am, I am always imagined... That when you get saved the first time, you put your trust in Jesus, that three doves fly out of your pocket and the clouds part and God's there. And the next day you wake up, someone cuts you off in traffic and you say, God bless you. You're awesome. <laughs> or someone does something to annoy you and you just say, you're fantastic. But that's not what happened to me. I came back, went back to school and things felt the same. However, God had begun a great process of change within me. Through regular repentance, turning to Christ, turning to living by the word, my life has changed. Here's what happened. My life after death became secure and my life here became transformed. My life after death was secure and my life on earth was transformed. It was changed. It was never the same. 
You know, the culture today is to tell people that they don't need to change. You're perfect as you are. I did think that of myself once upon a time. Our culture today is don't change a thing about you as you are now is perfect. Um, But that is like telling a caterpillar, you're perfect the way you are, don't change. It's easier for them and might leave them happy for the moment, but also stops them experiencing who they're really destined to be. Godly change in your life will bring about in your life who Jesus Christ planned for you to be. And it requires change. It requires transformation. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 is going to come up on the screen. It says, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. A couple of things have changed about them, just a couple. No, a new creation, the old has gone, the new is here. The work of God in your life is not just a new place that you go on Sunday. Come on, it's transformation. The work of God in your life is not just a new Instagram bio with a little bit about your faith. Even though that's fantastic, that's not transformation. It's not just a new book on your bedside table. Come on. God wants to transform you from the inside out, from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet, changed completely. It's radical changing. It's not just a new tattoo of Jeremiah 29, 11 on your ankle, even though that's anointed, or a cross necklace. We love those things, but God wants to transform you. This is the part of a Friday night where I usually reference the South African translation. Last week, someone was irritated, and so... Tracy Geldart actually has asked to have a chat with me outside in the car park to talk about never doing that accent again. So I'll be there after. Hey, repentance. Repentance helps us deal with our sin. Repentance helps us deal with our sin. Before sin grieves any man, it grieves the heart of our loving God. Before sin affects your life, it affects your soul. When you first encounter the goodness of God, the grace of God, the love of God, His mercy, His salvation, His forgiveness, at the same time, nearly the exact same time, you also encounter your need, your dependence on Him, your failing, your fallenness, your sin. As you encounter the grace of God, you also encounter a revelation of your own brokenness. I'll paint it like this. When I was playing rugby in grade eight, I was playing for the Joondalup brothers, Thank you. And I was playing for the A grade and I was a front row player. And I remember we came for a new season and there was a new boy who had moved over from New Zealand with his family. And that's, yeah, come on. And his name was, his name was Hiawe. Hiawe. And when I encountered Hiawe, I shook his hand. I was a grade eight kid and it was like shaking someone's dad's hand. This dude was a man. I felt like I needed to put headgear on just to shake his hand. And then I I, I witnessed Yahweh's speed. I witnessed his strength. And and as I encountered his ability, I was also met with a new revelation of my own inability. And I also, at that point, had a revelation that I'm probably heading to the bench, if not out of the league. (laughs) 
as I encountered his ability, I got an, a, a new understanding of my inability in light of what he could do. Listen, when you encounter the grace and forgiveness of God, in that moment, you also encounter a revelation we all need, a revelation that we need God, that we should be relying on God, that we need to depend on God, that my own brokenness and failing is not good enough. In repentance, we have this beautiful moment where there's an equal awareness of your sin as there is of the graciousness of God. I want to tell you my testimony um, of when I first responded to Christ uh, and repented in a genuine way, and I've got a photo to accompany it. No one laugh, please. Um, That is me in... Thank you. (laughs) Who remembers that, Jordan? Who was around the cover people? Come on. Transform. It's good. Hey, so um, I'll just leave that up while I tell the story, but I, um, I grew up in church, and many of you have heard this story, but I was, I was born into church, popped in an offering bucket, taken to the back for counting. It was a great week, and um, I grew up in church, and as you do in church, you hear fantastic stories about what's in the Word of God, and, and it's so good. So learning about Noah's Ark, learning about um, Daniel in the lion's den, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, all these amazing stories. And even if you've seen in our creche, there's a picture of Noah's Ark on the wall. And growing up in church, that for the most part is the sort of picture I had of God and the things of God and, and how that stuff kind of worked, when in reality, those stories are absolutely hectic. They're absolutely hectic. And so I had a revelation of the goodness of God, but I had not yet had a revelation of the brokenness of man. And I had not had a revelation yet of the brokenness inside my heart. And you might be looking at that picture and being like, where is the brokenness? Well, let me tell you, there was a lot of brokenness in my heart. There was things that were going on in my life that people didn't know about and things that I was wrestling with. And you know what? I went to a conference in 2005, it was in Adelaide, it was called Shout Conference, and let me tell you about the power of God, because the conference was not good, Um, (laughs) but God does not need a polished conference to change your life, all he needs is to come by his spirit and speak to your heart, and you know what happened, someone preached a message, and they talked about how our, our sin had created a chasm between us and God and Jesus had come to close the gap and that Jesus was broken for our brokenness and our sin and our shame and that we could now reach out to Christ as he was reaching out to us and receive salvation, receive forgiveness, receive a new life, receive a fresh start and that word went so deep into my heart and I remember at that conference crying and responding to the gospel and going down and and praying a prayer with all my heart to invite Jesus into my life. And I'll tell you what, I was completely changed. I was never the same. I came back from that conference and I walked differently, talked differently, thinked differently. I emptied the dishwasher. I behaved differently. I believed different things. And listen, repentance is really what took place at that moment. It It was a turning from me trying to make things happen myself and turning from me depending perhaps on myself and trying to figure it out myself, and it turned to, Jesus, I need you. There is a problem within me that only you can fix. There is an emptiness within me which only you can fill. There is a hole in my life which only Jesus can come and fill. And that night I repented, I turned to Jesus and began the journey of transformation in my life. You can take the picture down. Hopefully it helped. 
Listen, repentance only makes sense if there's something to repent of. And the reality is, we all need to repent. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are all justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of His blood to be received by faith. 1 John 1 verse 8, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make Him out to be a liar, and His word is not in us. Listen, an inflated view of one's own goodness or morality can often be the biggest blockage to salvation and a transformed life, an inflated view of one's own goodness. That verse in Romans says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It does not say, all have sinned and fallen short of being a pretty good bloke. The standard is not what man has set. The standard is the glory of God for us to be in a relationship with God. That is the standard. You know, in Scripture, I really um, relate to Paul in the book of Romans. You're gonna, I think it's going to hit home for you as well. It says this in Romans 7.15. This is Paul speaking. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. I remember reading that and being like, has he? He knows me. Who is? <laughs> Guys, is that not every man? What I want to do, I don't do. What I don't want to do, I do. What about this Jeremiah 17? I've never seen this tattooed on anyone. This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Here we go, verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Oop. Who can understand it? Verse 10. I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. Listen, this is why we should not follow our hearts. We should follow the Word of God. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. What I want to do, I can't do. What I don't want to do, I do. Listen, there is something within us which is broken, which means we are incapable of meeting the, the standard that is the glory of God to be in a relationship with Him. Mankind's nature, your nature, my nature is flawed, but God has reached out to us to rescue us from our sin, to free us from the penalty of sin, and to help free us from the power of sin in this life. God can turn it around and point us to a better way. In the Bible, Jacob, very early on in the Bible, in Genesis, deceived his father, yet God seeked to use him. And used him greatly. Abraham disobeyed God, yet God walked with him and used him. David committed adultery and had the lady's husband killed, yet God used him. Peter denied Christ three times, yet God used him. Samson had an issue with women and lust. Boy, did he have an issue with women and lust, yet God used him. Jonah ran from God and would have preferred Nineveh be destroyed than God save it, yet God included him in what he was doing. Paul persecuted Christians. Noah was a drunk. Moses was a murderer. 
Guys, we're all flawed. We've all got sin. All have fallen short of the glory of God. God, in his mercy, the same way he's used people in Scripture, wants to use you despite of your sin, yet is calling you to repent of your sin and turn to his way. You know, there's hundreds of verses outlining behaviors, actual things that we should do, not just be a good person in your heart, but actual behaviors which reflect a transformed life. God's way, a heart desiring to honor God. There are actual behaviors, thousands of them, none of which come naturally to me. Anyone else? Here it is. It's to be disciplined, others focused, self-denying, sacrificial, have responsibility, wait, to wait. So W-E-I-G-H-T and then W-A-I-T, wait, and then wait, to serve, to honor, to resist, to deny, to wait, to carry responsibility, to be sacrificial, to be self-denying, to be... I'm just going back up the list. Anyway, my desire to change, to honor God, to experience the transformed life must be supernaturally empowered. Because I cannot do it myself. To truly change, to truly change, we need supernatural help. Thank God repentance is not natural. It's supernatural. When you repent and look to Christ, something supernatural happens where in your weakness, His strength is felt. Where in your brokenness, God by Spirit empowers us to change. Repentance kills our flesh and strengthens our spirit and brings God's strength to a weak person. If you want to experience a transformed free life, live a life of regular repentance to God. If the band want to come and join us. Repentance helps us change, but the other thing repentance does, it helps us return. Repentance helps us return to God. For those who once walked with the Lord, through repentance you can return to God. You can come back. What a gift that we can go again. What a gift that we can have a fresh start. What a gift that even even if we've bounced around 19 churches, we can repent, begin again. Even if we've started really well and then we've fallen into sin, what a gift repentance is that you can come to God and return to Him through repentance. Repentance helps us change, it helps us return, and repentance helps us reconnect with God. Joel 2 says, Even now, says the Lord, turn and come to me with all your heart, in genuine repentance until every barrier is removed and the broken fellowship is restored. I want to tell everybody in here, whether you've been here many times before, it's your first time, that distance that you feel your choices have created between you and God can be removed in a moment. That distance you feel in your heart, even if you feel you created it, God can remove it in a moment. Our sin creates a great chasm between us and God, which Jesus came to remove. If we just repent and turn to Him. I want to give everybody tonight the opportunity to be given a fresh start. To experience being a new creation. To begin a transformation. To become who God has purposed you to be. Repent and turn to Jesus. I want to encourage you. Your life after death will be secure. And your life now will be transformed. If you repent and turn to Jesus tonight, what does that mean? You're turning from your old ways and you're turning to Jesus Christ. The afterlife will be secure and your life here will be transformed. In this moment right across the room, I pray you have a realisation 
of your brokenness and your sin and at the same time a revelation of his love and his grace for you. As you're confronted with your sin, I believe right now you're being confronted as well with the love and grace of God as he reaches out to you. Church, I'm going to invite you to stand. We're going to worship the Lord for just a moment. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.